So it's like a, a like an overhaul, really. Like you like almost like where it came from is like the more technical technical side of it, but now actually becoming more strategic, becoming more having leadership and having management within that. Um, I suppose that is that is that been a, a change for people as well, knowing like feeling that they've now got to like run a team, they've got to lead meetings, they've got to present. Is that become a is that become more obviously becoming more like almost like more personable really in order to be able to yeah. to be able to talk to a, like different class of like people within each um within a company yeah it's you know the thing about it is, is um you know and I, I've, I've written about this and there's been some really good systems that have talked about this as well that you know, not all CISOs are created equal. <laughs> We're all not the same. We all don't come from the same background. You know, um, in fact, I I freaking love it that we've got some we've got so much diversity um, in the leadership ranks and the executive ranks, and it's it, it's it's slowly increasing, but it's increasing, and it, and it needs to because we need to have that diversity of thought. Yes. Because I mean, the you know this the threats and stuff that we deal with are constantly evolving and changing, and so you do you do need new input. To be able to manage that, and you know what I, you know what I'm seeing is that, um, and and we've had big discussions on it is the fact that there's kind of like the technical CISO, and then there's the strategic CISO, and what I mean by that is you've got those that are techno technically focused, they like the hands on, they like building and creating things, um, you know, they like dealing with silicon, not with carbon based people. <laughs> Yeah, you'd rather deal with, you know with the technology and not yeah. deal with uh, the carbon-based life forms. You know they just they just don't get along well with um you know with uh with with, with people. Uh, I, and it's not a a good thing or a bad thing. They just like technology. They like being able to do things that are more you know hierarchical aligned. It's kind of in the box, and you know it's you know A plus B equals C. You know kind of thing. When you get into strategy, strategy and the strategic side is very different. Now you've got to deal with people who aren't technically orientated, yeah. you know, who don't understand, you know, uh, technology and they don't care, you know, but they've got to work with you or you've got to figure out how to work with them to be able to get things done, you Absolutely. know, um, for the, you know, for the good of the business, very different skill sets. You've got the technology skill sets, which you can go to school for, you can learn with experience. And then on the strategic side, it's soft skills, very different. Yeah. You know, and there are some people like myself who like operating on both sides, who enjoy the, you know, the combat sometimes and the partnership and the work and just the, you know, the thrill and the politics and just being able to go ahead and do things in a large scale, you know, with big organizations and small. And then you've got people on the technical side that, hey, I just want to deal with my team. I just want to fix stuff and fight bad guys. I don't really want to go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the board. You know, yeah. I'll stay at the startup, you know, you know, mid S and B level. But once the company gets up to be about two or 300 people, that's ah, a little too big for me. I'll jump and go join another company. Yeah. And they're good with that. And they can make a career doing it. And that's what they want to do. They just like being on the small and like that. They really don't want to deal with the big side. You yeah. know, myself, you know, in the various verticals I've worked in, I've dealt with massive, you know, the U.S. Navy, huge teams, you know, to where, um, the, you know, Lebrut, the, on, you know, down to SoftBank, you know, where, you know, SoftBank, large $200 billion investment, you know, company, you know, financial services, um, but, you know, got a smaller team compared to what I've, you know, so I've done small and large. I mean, you know, it, um, it doesn't really bother me, none at all. 
Yeah. And I mean, I, and to me, I've, you know, I've gotten used to the, the soft skills piece of it. I've had very good mentors, you know, who've worked with me and, um, and helped me understand that, you know, the, to be effective, especially as a strategic CISO, it's all about partnership. It's all about the other departments that you work with and finding champions and and understanding that, you know, you need to understand their issues and the technology that they use and the data that they create and the problems that they have, because really they're your customers. Yeah. You know, and that's the way I focus on it from a strategic standpoint is that the other departments, the other business units are my customers, you know, and I'm providing a service, you know, and um so it is. I mean, it's and it's it's become a big change, you know, within the community is um, is that growth on both sides, mm-hmm. and then you're starting to see a lot of us who uh, do both, who kind of are in the middle, and we and we balance between different uh, verticals, um, different size companies, and um, and we like that, you know, we we like that that chance of being able to flex and learn something new. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in terms of the like what you've been like what you've been talking about is then is like the I suppose that's where your role into the way like mentoring people has changed as well is like once it was helping the CISOs do all the technical side of it. Now it's more looking at doing the board briefings, talking to people, getting plans scrutinized, making sure that they're watertight and so on. But with the like the changes that have happening, obviously, there's the there's the environmental factors, which is like the way that like the companies now can crack into things and they can break you open and so on. But do you think we're also making it a more difficult role by adding in, like obviously these regulations come in. Um, is that like the controlling factor really that's driving the changes or do you feel it's something else? Well, I mean, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's a myriad of, of things, you know, as you know, I think there's multiple things that are coming in. I mean, <laughs> The, the thing about it is, is, I mean, you know, as technology changes and it advances, threats change with it. You know, yeah. In fact, I used, you know, I used to um, say that in many ways, I kind of feel like we're in a, a digital cold war in ways in that we go ahead and we come up with new ideas. We come up with new technologies. And then, you know, the, the various, you know, cyber criminal organizations come up with new ways to take those technologies and use them against us. You know, they come up with new threats. They come up with uh, new ways in which they're going to go ahead and make money, you know, with things that are basically illegal. Um, and so it's kind of a, you know, a back and forth, you know, you know, be, you know between us. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that drives innovation. A lot of that drives, you know, the changes that are needed on the regulatory side. A lot of that drives the changes within business because businesses are losing money, businesses are going bankrupt. Um, you know, I mean, I work for a municipality for the city of San Diego, you know, seventh largest city in the United States was basically a $5 billion business, you know, with over 40 departments. And, you know, we were providing services to 3 million plus citizens and we were getting hacked by the same criminal organizations, you know, getting attacked by the same criminal organizations yeah. as, a regular business down the street that's in private industry. You know, they may use different tools and different methods because our, you know, our technology stacks were different. Um, but when you really, you know, at the, at the end of the day, when you really look why they were attacking private industry or why they were attacking us, it was all about money. You know, it was all about, yeah. we want data 
and they're going to go ahead and get that data to either ransom it back to us, to go ahead and encrypt it, to go ahead and do something with it to make money. It's really what I come down to. And sure. that drives, you know, all the changes that we're seeing. What I'm seeing of late and what's accelerating so much is the um, the impact to global business, per se, has become massive. And it's become unsustainable to the point to where, you know, governments feel like they need to step in. You know, because not only are governments getting hacked, you know, and private industries getting hacked and public, you know, municipalities, cities, colleges, you know, stuff like that are getting hacked. But it's to the point to where now government feels like they need to go ahead and step in. My concerns are is that when government steps in, they tend to do it kind of broad. Mm-hmm. You know, like where, kids, where you, yeah. yeah, you know, they need to do it kind of broad, which it may be good for 60% of the people that they're trying to cover, but the other 40% just get the crap knocked out of them, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so I think, you know, and right now there's many of us that are trying to help because, you know, there's going to be new regulations here in the United States coming out um, early next year dealing with, you know, probably dealing with the CISO role and the reporting that companies need to do if they've had a breach or if they've had some type of security incident. And there's many of us that are providing input as, um, as you know, the, as the federal government is writing these regulations, because we want to go ahead and make it from broad to make it more fine tuned and something that's equitable that we can work with, that we can partner with it with. And, um, we're also hoping that it's a little bit more malleable and, and easier for us to, to use, you know, because what I'm looking for is a partnership with the CISOs for those of us that are in this role. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be as something regulatory to beat us with. It should be more of something, you know, partnership-wise that you're reaching over and we can go ahead and work together as a team to figure out how to share information and how to be able to work with each other. And uh, But that's what I'm, I'm saying, you know, right now, what's driving a lot of the change is it's just gotten to the point now to where it's so bad, bad enough to where governments just have decided they need to step in. And not just yeah. one. There's multiple governments that are looking at doing it. You know, that's and it's been with a, a lot of the new privacy regulations that we've seen, and those things have large fines on mm-hmm. companies that are holding that data. You know, and, you know, and if they're found that, you know, at fault for that data being breached or for the loss of that data, um, some of these fines are quite significant. You know, we've seen with GDPR and some, you know, Brazil's come up with their new law. The United States has multiple laws. Each state almost has their own laws. Um, You know, China has theirs. Japan has theirs. Singapore has theirs. I mean, there's more of them coming out. Um, You know, and so it's just all of these things I think are being driven because of, you know, just the rise of all these type of threats and the significant impact, the money, you know, the the chasing of money by the, yeah. uh, the criminal organizations.